Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, this is Benjamin Boyce. Welcome to my ongoing, somewhat thorough interview series on gender, sexuality, and transition. My previous episode, which is probably one of the most powerful, informative, and necessary episodes in this entire series, was with Dr. William Malone, who is an endocrinologist, and he spoke to me about the woeful state of the medical community's discussions around transsexualism. And in that interview, he lays out some data that's pretty forthright with regards to the outcomes of hormone treatment, specifically with adolescents. And while I do think that that is a very important episode, I think it could be construed as transphobic or anti-trans or something like that. And, you know, people that go down that route of judgment aren't necessarily people that I take a lot of stock in, but I do want to provide various inroads to the complexities of this discussion. And so for today, I have an interview for you with Amazon Eve, also known as Erica Irvin, who is an actress and paralegal and somebody who's highly versed in the ways of insurance. Erica Irvin does have a stance that is kind of contrary to the trans radical activists circuit. And part of the reason that she's speaking up is to show that there is a lot of humanity involved in the transgender community, sorry, transsexual community. So that all said, I hope that this fills out a little bit more this somewhat thorough series on gender, sexuality, and transition. Erica is a pretty amazing person. I had a lot of fun speaking with her. And yeah, that's probably enough of that. Here is Amazon Eve. I don't know what it was. I think it was what really started me thinking about this was watching Jordan B. Peterson be attacked by trans advocates in Toronto because he wouldn't respect these infinitely fractionated gender identities. And then I kept my eye out on him, and then I started noticing all these other little takedowns of professors here, there, and everywhere. And I really focused on Brett Weinstein, and you at your interview, and I saw your interview, excellent interview, by the way. And I started just investigating it and looking at it. It looks like, it looks like Mao's China all over again. <laughs> yeah. I just did an interview with an immigrant from China who basically said that, like, he went through his family history and showed a lot of parallels in the thought structure of the people who were shutting down discourse. Yeah. I was giving a speech at a big event regarding uh, the alleged Time magazine article, Trump was going to erase us. And what you have to do when you go there, they make you apologize for your privilege. And I'm an actor, and... Um, and white, female, apparently passable or whatever they like to call that. And I do really well. So when they make you do that, I'm trying to encourage them and trying to help them see the big picture and the long picture. People's short, momentary anger seems to rule them over anything else. Yeah. It's, it's frustrating to watch it because it, it's maladaptive. And I don't think, um, here's another word I'm looking for. Um, Regressive, regressive yeah. politics. I really watched Brett Weinstein's follow-up where he talked about the Trojan horse doctrines 
And as soon as he started doing that, I went, hmm, as a paralegal, let's start, let's start looking stuff up. So I started looking things up. And he's right, the Die Agenda, what I call the diversity, inclusion, and equity doctrines, have an algorithm structure that uh, Jordan B. Peterson talked about a little bit. By the way, that's where he had me when he said algorithmic substructure, which means game theory. No one's doing any analysis. It's like, really? And I don't like being fooled because I accepted this politics. And slowly over time, I saw that diversity really means, it sounds nice, but it really means is get in the, pre in the progressive stack. Diversity means get rid of the privilege. Inclusion means silence the privilege. And equity means punish the privilege if D&I don't work. Does that make any sense? No, that's what yeah, it looks it does. Like. That's what the game looks like if I'm if, if, if I'm analyzing it right. Mm -hmm. I think the reason I reached out to it, I saw the debate and it's still going on <laughs> on Twitter, is my goal in this conversation is to discuss our history, uh, medical insurance back background, risk management and health insurance background. Um, maybe talk about that history a little bit, dispel some misconceptions, um, feminism versus transgender versus transsexual. Um, I could start with my own history if you'd like, or do you have any specific questions? Actually, what kind of put me on your radar, if I'm not wrong, is that uh, I was in a little bit of a kind of an argument with a trans person, trans woman, um, and I was trying to make my way towards a reasonable position, but I kept on getting attacked and they kept on saying that I'm only showing one side of the picture. Right. And they're bringing up the most radical anti-trans person that I've interviewed. I guess I've interviewed two who are detransitioners. And then I and then I listed like all these other people that don't have the same view. Um, and at some point you came into that um, conversation or I saw you come into that conversation and I went over to your Twitter page and I saw that you were a trans rights activist, but you have a whole other life going as well. And you got links to the Heterodox Academy. You like Brett Weinstein. You like Jordan Peterson. My father's a biologist, so I have a soft spot for Brett and biologists generally, um, what they do in biological sciences. Um, I, like any rebellious child, I chose to study theater instead. Yeah, right. To get back to your question, I was watching one of your videos and I referred to you and that's what brought you over. And you decided to continue the conversation. And when that conversation got derailed by a bunch of what I call exculpatory attacks, they attack you personally. Yeah. If people get attacked personally when they disagree, I start going, okay, I want to back out of this, but I want to get some clarity in there. It, it, it's a little crazy. It's out of hand. And again, you, we need to define terms. Yes. Okay. Gender is not transsexual. Okay. Transgender is more related to politics than transsexual is. Transsexual is related to gender dysphoria. There's a lot more background you have to know to understand about the politics and the sociology of transsexuality. We were in legal limbo when they first started treating us. We didn't have a place to go. So if you passed, people just called you with female, referred to you with female pronouns. And passing is really important. That's a separate subject. I'll save it for later. Um, when I'm looking at 
you know, XXXY dichotomies, okay? Again, these are two, two bimodal distribution curves. But when you see in the outliers, when you see crossovers, okay, there's like 6,500 different genetic differences between men and women. And a lot of times, especially Megan Murphy, is, is, is prejudicing people by creating a gender binary. There's only two little bins. Well, each of those bins have sub-bins and sub-bins and sub-bins and sub-bins that goes out until about, it, it just keeps going, okay? So there really isn't a gender binary. Okay. There might be a sex binary, but I don't think gender because there's because women can wear pants and you know men can wear kilts. And again, if I take off my bra and bra and hang it to, hang it out there, which a lot of my fans would love me to do, yeah. um, it doesn't have a biological sex. But as a piece of clothing, a bra has a gender. It belongs on a woman, not a girl make a distinction here because there is a, there's more distinction in gender more plasticity because you got men women boys and girls and with sex you got male and female and it's more of a reproductive function now insurance covered this but the medical science to transition this goes all the way back to germany magnus hirschfeld in pre-nazi germany okay had an institute of i can't pronounce it in german sexualis okay you remember the big book burnings that happened yeah, the, the German Nazis went in there, um, raided the place and burned all of his books, all these narratives of, of gay and lesbian people and transgender people. The first surgeries were conducted there. Okay? The movie, The Danish Girl, is based on Lily Abbey, who went to Berlin, Germany, to seek help. Now, moving forward, obviously, uh, Magnus Hirschfeld passed on his science and knowledge to Harry Benjamin, which continued, and it became the Harry Benjamin Standards of Care, and he wrote a book, um, I think The Transsexual Phenomena, uh, and it was a much stricter standard of care, okay? You had to live in the role for two years, you had to show um, positive, re you had to show positive um, uh, assimilate assimilatability, and they didn't let you transition because they were worried about comorbidities, depression, abuse, because again, we were in legal limbo. Now, as time has gone on, um, someone tried to get insurance to cover it in the 1970s. In 1972, they sued and won as one of the settlements Blue Cross would cover. Well, all insurance companies started covering between 1972 and 1982, okay? We were virtually invisible. People didn't, people even, I mean, our visibility has only increased in the last five years exponentially. And 10 years ago, I started acting and I thought this was never going to work, but, you know, it's part of the visibility process and advocating for our healthcare rights. Um, a transsexual woman tried to uh, um, take part in lesbian spaces and at the lesbian organization of toronto in 1978 they discussed us are we women that whole contention uh, between feminism and transsexuality has been going on for quite a while at the lesbian organization of toronto they voted us out of womanhood and they campaigned just like they're doing now to decertify our health care they were successful professor janice raymond uh, at the Massachusetts, I guess, University of Massachusetts. It's not MIT, but it's, it's outside of Boston. Wrote a book called The Transsexual Empire. 
And she literally said it'd be better served to morally mandate transsexualism out of existence. And then later said that tra all transsexuals rape women's bodies. Isn't that kind of typical of feminism to blanket indict everyone with all men with an accusation of rape? To be fair, not all feminists. I just have to put that out there because, you know, I'm making inroads with that communities. But that 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 form that form of thinking crops up in any sort of activist circle. Like the, you have that strong, very strong radical binary stance that I think might be good for getting the issue on the map, but needs to get the fuck out as soon as the uh, dialogue's initiated. Right. Um, because it crushes the complexity of. It crushes nuance, nuanced conversations. And moving forward, Janice Raymond wrote a re report to the NCHCT, which is a metadata collection of the Department of Health and Human Services, and the Vanessa Ethics Report, which in turn turned off their health insurance, but not just the health insurance, turned off the intermodal supply chain of healthcare knowledge and services, not just health insurance, doctors, hospitals, knowledge, research. This was being studied at all the major universities, John Hopkins, Arizona, San Francisco State, L.A., UCLA, um, and people were transitioning. Well, they wanted to turn off our health care. And I asked, why are they trying to do that? We are a threat to, their, to feminists' primary grievance narrative, the patriarchy theory. I'll tell you why. Patriarchy theory depends on um, blank slateism, sex neutrality at birth. Okay, our existence invalidates it. The David Raymer case is uh, David Raymer had a twin brother, and um, he had his penis ablated in a botched circumcision. And by the way, you can see this case referenced in the James Damore case. Hmm. It's in the memo. Okay. Transitioned as a baby, didn't know he was born male, and John Money helped therapy the child. Now, this child grew up and started acting and behaving very boyish and behaving like a male, okay? And later on, the parents confessed to the child and they detransitioned child back to David. Instead of Brenda, it went to Brenda back to David. John Money got a hold of the case and realized there's a separate psychometrics. There's a psychometric sex separate from the biological sex. Okay, the psychometric sex, they changed that to gender, and I'm, sure, I'm not sure when that happened. I'm, I'm a little unclear when gender started entering, this, entering the field, but okay. it's very because transgender is a fairly new term, mm -hmm. and transsexual is a much older term. But are, are, are what you're laying down, I'm just going to take a shot in the dark, but are you saying that this these two twins, one was socialized as a boy and one was socialized as a girl and the socialization didn't keep with the girl because it was actually a boy. And so that kind of socialization, they, they forced socialize the child as a girl, even though it was born a boy, they decided to transition the boy to girl as an infant. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's why it's the proof of concept that there's a separate gender identity separate from biological sex, but it didn't hold what is what you're saying. I'm saying it did hold. You need to read the biased interactive theory of psychosexual development. I sent that link to you. That's, that's Milton Diamond. John Money's theory, the sex neutrality at birth, the sex uh, equalist, okay, theory was debunked. 
and it's been debunked for God 50 years. And Jordan Peterson refers to it, but doesn't quite refer to it by quoting it. He says this thing in the, uh, in the Scandinavian countries where they flattened the social barriers to advancement, the biological differences in the sexes maximize. And there are many different biological differences, especially in interest and um, personality. So without going into that, because that's not my area, I talk about insurance. My job was to reinstate the insurance. We had to get medical necessity. I got the AMA on our side. I didn't do that. That was Dr. Becky Allison and a lot of other advocacy works working on the corporations. I worked within the insurance industry through the Association of Health Underwriters, which I was the executive director of at the time. So when I hear Megan Murphy ask, what is the difference between trans women and a man is exactly the same lack of nuanced discussion you can have about skin color. What is the difference between a black person and a white person to buttress the Jim Crow period of separate but equal? Same dog, different fleas, if you understand what I'm saying. The real question for us is, if we are not, if we are psychometrically different, then the patriarchy theory is invalid. And it's their primary grievance narrative. And that's why they still use it. And you hear the patriarchy, the patriarchy, the patriarchy, which Karen Stratham says they will defend to the bitter end, which is what they're doing. They were willing to kill us by turning off our health care, which killed 50,000 transgender children. You children. can't have, I, I, I know one that little thing I sent you that there are two error messages that occur with trans identity. I'm going to distinguish that, okay? The identity is valid, right? But you resist it bitterly and you turn off, you don't supply any social or medical support systems, many die. Error number two, the identity is invalid. But to be on the safe side and polite, to be kind, which is, you know, social, just war social justice warriors speak for silencing people, okay? You know what that means. We accept them, and even though they reject it, supply social and medical support systems. So anybody can identify as transgender. See, back when I transitioned, your letters meant something. I was a transsexual, okay? The word transgender is a fairly new term, and that term started being used as a form of inclusion. But what it really did is it brought in several people who are, it brought in people who are transitioning who are not really qualified to be transsexual. Does that make any sense? When you lower the standards, you're going to get these errors. You're going to get people who are fetishists, cosplayers, type B personality disorders, schizophrenia and Tourette syndrome transitioning. And if there's no medical oversight or less medical oversight, you're gonna see these detransitioners. Now, there's a fine line and that's really not my area. That's up to a doctor to decide. And it's informed consent. So when you see detransitioners complaining about this condition, I can assure you there's 1.4 million of us. There's probably several hundred thousand that are married, have, have, I live a productive and normal life. I am not about to let the conservative party accept this position because back in the day we hid. And from an advocate point of view, we have to take the responsibility for not opposing what the feminists did in the early 80s to turn off our health care because on the floor of the Senate in 1989, Jesse Helms and William Alexanders encouraged their colleagues to vote for the Americans with Disabilities Act without protections for transsexual people. 
and it's a lot more than 50,000 died, but what do you um, mean by died? Man, killed themselves. Psych- one, one, of the, one of the things that happened is um, psychological deterioration, drug addiction, and death. Okay. okay? It's, not like, it's, it's not treating someone with, with uh, perpetual depression. They eventually kill themselves. Okay? That makes sense? The question is, or one of the walls that I've run up to against, or that I've seen uh, some providers run up against, is that there's a conflation between standing for qualifications, like trying to figure out, like, what are the qualifications in order for us to know that transition is proper for this individual? Did you see... Did you see? Did you see the DSM four? Um, excuse me, DSM four versus DSM five post that the trans advocate posted. Those are the qualifications. One's for adults, one's for children. I, I, I'm not a psychologist. That's not really my area. But those are the qualifications. They were much more stringent before. Okay, they really went into your history before, much more in your past history. I, I felt this way since I was little. Now either because of mistaken advertence or magnificent myth, I'm able to go back in time and change my birth certificate and all my documents, which is what I want to do. I have a vagina, I have breasts, I have a boyfriend, I'm able to have sex, I'm able to have a normal relationship with a man. And that's all I really wanted. I don't want to rattle the cages and punish people, but I'm feeling the need to enter the conversation only because they are doing it again. And I think a lot more um, stringent evaluations need to happen. There needs to be more medical oversight. I agree with that because there are bad actors out there that are using this as a club to punish people, to deplatform people. And that's just a form of Marxism. I think transgender, as I looked at it, it's like what Brett Weinstein says, it's a Trojan horse. To be more inclusive, that sounds good, but what it adds is all this pernicious game playing by all having all these infinitely fractionated gender identity. You look at aerogender, for example, it's a gender flu- gender fluided ident- identity that allows you to be male or female, whatever gives you the most advantage with any social system. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's valid. Mm-hmm. You don't agree with the gender fluid crowd or like the hyper, um, that weird kind of Marxist authoritarian uh, trans rights activist crowd that really wants to police discourse and 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 throw out any question that there is a biological sex and there's there's that stuff but you're you're still very strongly a trans rights advocate probably as opposed to an activist you're an advocate I'm a quiet advocate I try to speak from a place of understanding and knowledge related to the biological differences there's a 0.9 correlation between psychometric gender and biological sex and you will see that but you will see that in transsexuals history the behavior and they've done studies on cadavers of transsexuals that those brain structures are similar to female brain, brain structures you just have to understand that on the outliers, on the far end of the distribution curve, you're going to see intersex conditions. You're going to see di- uh, condition, uh, disorders of sexual development, and you'll see transsexuality, which Dr. Milton Diamond has claimed is a intersex condition, neurologically intersexed. 
so the software doesn't match the hardware. Okay. So what you, you can't change the software, so you make the hardware match the software. Hence my little external floppy dating myself. <laughs> but and that's that's what you've experienced. That aligns with your experience. That aligns with my experience, but what I've seen in the risk management and trying to get insurance to cover this is how do you avoid um, bad actors? How do you avoid uh, people who transition and detransition later on? Informed consent is one of them. This condition manifests itself very early, okay? It's shortly after object permanence, I think. Um, hmm. I knew when I was like five that something was up, and when I was seven, I would push... Uh, that thing between my legs. Sorry, no offense, guys. It's a penis, but I pushed my penis between my legs and looked in the mirror and said, that looks right. Hmm. I didn't have a language to describe why I was suffering. So when I was 16, I left my small little farm town here in Central California, moved to the Bay Area to look for help. And by the time I got there, the feminist turned it off. So there have been a couple suicide attempts in my life, and I'm not going to go into them, but I got close to it, okay, and a few times, and I got really depressed, so I had to wait. And by the time I found it, I became six foot eight. If I transitioned when I wanted to, I wouldn't be six foot eight because estrogen treatment puts a cap on bone growth. That's why transitioning young is so important. It aids in passing. It's almost critical to passing. So what they want to try to do with the male to female is they want to halt the puberty with blockers. That's around 13 or 14, okay, until the child is more ready. So that stops the male puberty. That stops it. And um, once they have greater understanding or more sure, like around 16, 17, and 18, and then they can start estrogenic tr estrogen treatment and move over to the female side. Now, many are just saying hit it right away instead of going with that. And I think that is where a lot of the detransitioners, because it was, I'm going to refer everyone to go watch the uh, Dr. Spack video with Nicole Maines, and he discusses it, that if you don't transition young, he said something like this. And this is right out of the Dutch study. It's a psychosexual death sentence for the rest of your life. Now, given that there are a lot of gender nonconforming kids and only a very small percentage, whatever that is, Okay, 10%, 20% are going to go on and transition. What do you do? Do you harm this group to protect this group, or do you have some middle ground? And that's why they—that's—that's that's the idea. And I'm not—I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to discuss that from a, from a medical point of view. I'm just telling you what it is currently. Back in the day, a lot of kids, because there was no treatment, would get the stuff, black market hormones. Um, they go to Mexico, they get them from their friends. But that's what the kids would do. When they did, when they turned off the health care, we had to get it on the street. And some of us died. They, there was no medical oversight. So a lot of lack of medical oversight. People, Kids were popping these hormone tablets like Pez candy. They would overdose on them. Okay. So without medical oversight, you see deaths because of that. But people are still going to engage in the system. They're still part of the healthcare system. What the conservatives or what the opposition does is they create these a priori categories. We deserve, you don't, you're out of the healthcare system. Well, they're actually in the healthcare system. Whether they do that or not, 
and it costs less to treat this condition than not to not too long term when you have a qualified candidate goes through an evaluation process that gets their letters one from a, at least a master's and one from a phd psychologist and back when i transitioned your letters meant something now it's no more than a costume and that's that's where i get frustrated okay that the definition of trans or transgender is so broadly construed it's almost meaningless now mm-hmm. and that's my big concern yeah that's the that and that's my concern too is that how do we protect how do we negotiate so we're protecting everybody uh, as as best as we can without invalidating or dehumanizing things it's still pretty scary to me to stop somebody's puberty and to be wrong about that and how do and and if if the conversation is so fraught with uh these extremist actors then the the necessary complexity is going to be lost in the qualifications and what you what you call the like that rigorous evaluation process is that's what's going to get destroyed the most is the tool that we need to diagnose I've noticed the advocates when they came through this process didn't like the gatekeepers. They wanted to get rid of the gatekeepers. That was one of their political agendas. And I was wondering what that was about. Well, feminism is doing it again through a concept called entryism. Remember, these are little Marxists, right? This is how they function. Mm-hmm. Back in the 80s, they combined forces with the gays and lesbians, the feminists did. And this is when the gay and lesbian community combined forces and they excluded us. And there's a lot of that's where the tension exists between the trans Hmm. community and the gay and lesbian bi community. Um, Someone needs to go for account and I'm not going I'm going to use my platform to discuss this and make sure people are held accountable. Janice Raymond deserves to go to prison. Gloria Steinem. She's not a radical. She's pretty mainstream. She was behind all this. Benjamin, no one wrote any opposition to this at all. No one did. That's approval by proxy. Okay. Why did nobody write it? Or you're not saying that it was suppressed. You're saying that nobody debated this. And no one said, no one asked a basic question. If you turn off their health care, someone might die. That's a basic risk manager's question and no one asked that and i want butts yeah yeah you know that that that's that, that's where i kick in the can and that's where i i rattle the cages okay so, they're doing it again and i've seen these feminists sitting right there informing the heritage foundation and how to take us out after they've entered our system remember our existence proves that there's a separate psychometric sex or gender, if you want to use sex and gender in- inclusively, and they're connected. But I think Brett is wrong. Brett, Brett believes that they're biologically connected. In 99% of the cases, they probably are. Okay, then they match. But in those very rare cases where you see transsexuality and you see gender nonconformity, they don't. And there has to be a place for those people. There has to be a conversation. I need to make sure that is protected so they don't turn off the health care for the kids that need it, for the adults who need it. And they don't invalidate us like they've been like that, like what's happened with the um, with trans people in the military. In your transition, was there kind of did you enter into like an uncanny valley, like where you didn't you were neither 
uh, man or woman? Are you very uh, androgynous? And and I ask that because I, I wonder, like, how did you perceive the perceptions of others changing as you transitioned? The first thing I noticed when I transitioned was my scent changed. My 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 sweat, my smell. I I smell different. That was the first thing I noticed. By having a shirt in the closet, I've never I haven't worn in months. So after being on hormones for about four months, I went, that smells like a man. That's not me. You know, that changes. That's one of the first things I noticed. Um, changes happen slowly, and it's like watching hair grow. It takes it takes about two to five years to get 100% of the results oh. from the hormones. It takes time. Um, some people don't want to take hormones and want to be called trans. Some people just want to treat it as a costume. There needs to be more conversation there, okay? And I'm concerned that people are going to conflate these people who treat it like a costume or a fetish are being conflated with those who have done this legitimately, have gone through a process, and they're really harming us. These radical advocates are harming our political position. I just want a conversation to happen about this so it's not an all or nothing like it was in the past. Yeah. Over the last five years, uh, there's been an explosion of trans awareness, and it's just kind of like an avalanche of media onto the public uh, sphere. And I'm just wondering, like, what are the goods and the bads about that? And what do you think is going to happen going forward? Or how would you like to see the conversation and the visibility of trans people and and the understanding of what it is to be trans go forward, develop? I'd like a clear distinction between transsexual and transgender. I'd like to see them not... Transgender is an umbrella term that was foisted upon transsexuals. Some of us disagree with it. I disagree with it. I don't want to be under the trans or transgender umbrella. The word trans is a conflation term. Hmm. You know, people who use the the old term transvestite got incorporated into transgender. And the purpose of it, and I have a study about the purpose of it was to get away from the medicalized transsexual. And I the word transsexual is a medicalized term. The word transgender is not a medical term. So if it's a social term, if people can socially transition as a costume, what happens to the legitimacy of a medical condition? There's a correlation between the legitimacy of our our medical condition and our civil liberties through the Mm -hmm. ADA. You read my resume, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. Okay, and I talk about that at least. There's a case. I'm going to look it up real quick but it's there and it it discusses it um so in in a way the transgender movement wants to get away from the medicalized transsexual but still in a way use the uh the statistics of the transsexual to to forward its agenda like what you're saying like there's a medical condition with gender dysphoria and that is resolved with transition and a lot of suicide happens because of that. This, this other group came in, co-opted those stats. Hold on for a second. I'm going to clarify something. People who transition, there's a lot of suicide. That's not true. Okay. Please. There's a lot of, there's a lot of mental illness 
within this. Okay, there's a lot of people are hurt, family rejection, loss of job, loss of social standing that has to be accounted within this. Okay, discrimination causes a lot of this. Mm-hmm. All right, I, 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 I was unable to work in a law office for many years because when I transitioned, I was working for the top law firms downtown. I know you saw my resume, but I, I, I stopped working for them because they wouldn't hire more. Now a movie star under my belt and all my little advocacy work said, yeah, come on down. Everything's great. You know, mm-hmm. but again, we have to be patient. We have to learn to forgive. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a really important thing. I don't think we're learning to forgive much. There are people that are angry, but don't turn that anger into contempt. This, this new postmodernist neo-Marxism really comes, its base is a curdled contempt contemptuousness when when happens no one listens no one wants to be flexible so when i see the future probably me running for public office that's a possibility um i would like to see more actors who are trans to play female roles Hmm. okay i've only played one trans role all the roles i've played have all been women Mm -hmm. um even though they're big badass you know fresh case of whoop-ass women. <laughs> <laughs> you might not be able to get away from that type being cast. No, I think I'm type guy. It, 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 I'm never going to play the manic pixie dream girl. Let's put it that way. You know, Natalie Portman, there's no threat here. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about when, uh, I think it was uh, Scarlett Johansson got a lot of ridicule for accepting a role as a, uh, playing a trans person. You know, I am actually so glad you brought that up. Scarlett Johansson was going to play the role of Gil, a trans man. Now it's never going to be seen. And I'm a producer. If you're not fitting the bill, if you're not paying the money for this, okay, they have, an, they have investment criteria. It's all about return on investment. If an unknown actor can come into the play and can carry that kind of audience, great. But if you could get ScarJo to play a trans guy, right? That's where vis- they, we've shot our own visibility in the foot. Hmm. You understand? Yeah. And that movie's never going to be made, and that broke my heart. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that it, it wasn't just that you, broadly construed, <laughs> lost visibility. It's that the visibility that you did gain through that was all negative. It yeah. was all about to- very, tolerance. Very negative. People are just not thinking. Hmm. Okay. Um, it's frustrating to see it because I don't think, um, you know, I'm a professional actor. Okay. I've been doing this God for 30 years. And based on the current incarnation of trans reasoning is endlessly argued on Facebook and Twitter and people sit there, you know, they lose friends over this. It's no more than a costume that someone can put on and take off at any moment. You know, otherwise you're claiming I'm more trans than thou, essentialism. Hmm. Everyone is capable of being a transhumanist, especially actors. Under the umbrella, you know, there are no standards for trans. Under the transgender umbrella, there are no standards. Okay, transsexual is a medical term and they co-opted us, put us under this umbrella against our will. Hmm. When actors and actresses complain 
about Scarlett Johansson are entitled, peevish, little resentful, ungrateful for the opportunity to work in this profession. Okay. The hard work, you know, I'm, I guess I'm one of the elders that engaged in this should teach you something to be patient with your career. Everybody wants it now. And the intellectual dullards are complaining, whining, whinging, and worsting about the whole damn thing. There's no gratitude. One of the problems is a lack of gratitude. You know, back when I transitioned again, I told you my letters meant something. Movies and television are not real, number one. Okay? Even reality television has a modicum of, you know, scripted elements, if you want to know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Given the ScarJo thing, playing a trans man is, is ridiculous. It's akin to you know, being pissed at Ian McKellen for playing a wizard because a few Wiccans were offended. That makes sense? Yeah, it does make sense. That's a good one. All right. I, 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 it's upsetting to me yeah. because that's not moving the conversation forward. No one is going to hear the story about Gil. And I've talked to a couple trans guys about this, you know, talk, a couple you know, long transition men, and they're upset about it because we need to see that guy out there. And I, it's frustrating. What do I see the future as? I see more media. I see more actors. I see more politicians. I see more acceptance. Just like Will and Grace. Remember how Will, what Will and Grace did to the gay community? It brought us into your living room as contributing, loving, friendly people in society. And that's all we want. Yeah. That we're contributing members of society. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. productive and contributing. That's what I do. I just wanted to be myself. I want to be a contributing member of society. And this really became an impediment. Yeah. Think like a pebble in your shoe. Right? After a while, you can feel that it's annoying. If you don't take it out, it's all you can think about. I mean, I understand that I'm biologically male. Okay? I have an XY chromosome pattern. But whatever the software up here that says you're a girl really threw a wrench into the works. Huh. I could have probably transitioned at 18 or 19 and been fine. But I, I finished, you know, I, I could have gotten lucky at maybe 17. If I got lucky, I needed to meet somebody and there was nobody. Hmm. You know, it's not, AIDS was a problem. I went to San Francisco in 1982, 83 and 84 and AIDS really became a scare in 83 and 84. And that was my, my window. There was no one who could help me. Yeah. So I waited. And in time, you know, I, I spent a lot of time being very, very depressed, and very, very unhappy and unproductive. And I was in a dark place for a very long time until the law changed in California that gave us our first little bit of protection the California Employment Non-Discrimination Act said you couldn't be discriminated against based on your gender identity in work and housing. So they couldn't take my home away and they couldn't take my job away for being trans. Okay. But it was still hard. Transition is not easy because you go through a lot of emotional changes. You're going through puberty again. You only want to go through one puberty. I don't want to do it. One puberty is enough. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. Hmm. So does that cover everything, I think? Yeah, that covers everything for now. Okay. Have a good Saturday. You too. You have a great weekend. All right. Ciao. Bye-bye.